Are you sheltering in place, isolated, feeling alone? <coughs> well, then you're just like us. Hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the quarantined hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Suckatash Shut-In, the Soundcast stimulus package featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcasts. And now, here's your host for this episode, Mark Hershaw. Mark Hershaw. Mark Hershaw. Hello, friendo, or acquaintance-o. Or maybe just a first-time listener O? Welcome indeed to Succotash Shut-In, the Soundcast Stimulus Package. What's a soundcast, you ask? That's what we here at Succotash Patch Productions call a podcast, because maybe you don't listen to them on an iPod anymore because they went out of production a few years ago. I'm your every other weekly host, Mark Hershon, and this is episode 223 of our nine-and-a-half-year-old show, with a slightly new name in honor of COVID-19 and its attendant lockdown. If you missed Epi 222, that dropped just last week and was hosted by our other host, Tyson Saner. In that sode, he featured clips from a trio of comedy soundcasts, including City Mouse Country Mouse, The Bloody Bits Horror Show, and Cold Collars Comedy. You can still grab it over at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, the Laughable app, YouTube, Stitcher, and wherever you normally find your soundcastery. I hear the unasked question quivering on your lips. Why do Tyson and I switch off every week? If you guys are co-hosts, why don't you just do the show together? Well, because pulling soundcast clips and interviews together is hard, man or woman, and ever since the pandemic hit, we decided we had to kick up our distribution on this show a notch. The only way we could figure out to pull it off was to divide and conquer, so we cut the show in half. They are usually roughly a half hour now, and we divvy them up, one for him, one for me, one for him, one for... you get it. This week's episode is entitled Reviewing Some Movie Review Casts, and that's mostly what I'm going to do. I have a quartet of shows where the hosts talk about movies. Mostly bad movies, because it's always funnier to riff on crappy films than it is to try to be funny about good movies, but not always, as you'll hear. My full rack of clips includes excerpts from one that kind of started the genre in the first place, and that's How Did This Get Made, along with Dad's Movie Night, The Flop House, and Who Shot Ya? This episode is brought to you by our long-running sponsor, Henderson's Pants, makers of the new Hallow Pants, just in time for this year's Fright Festivities, and we are also brought to you by TrumpPoetry.com. But first, before we get to the clips that match our theme today, we got a submission to our direct upload link yesterday, just as I was locking everything down for this episode. If you don't know what I'm talking about, we have an open invitation for any comedy podcaster who would like us to feature a clip from their show to get us a three to five minute MP3 clip, not a promo, because promos are for shows that don't feature clips. And they can get that clip to us simply by clicking over to Hightail.com slash you slash Succotash. There's a link to that link for the download link at our home site, Succotash Show. Dot com. Just include a little blurb about your show, who the people are that we're listening to, and either Tyson or I will get your clip onto an upcoming episode just as soon as possible. Our submitted clip today comes from the Jock Doc podcast and features Dr. London Smith as the host. Here's the note that accompanied the clip. Here's a clip from the beginning of the first episode of the Jock Doc podcast 
all improvised. I tell people just to give the first episode five minutes and they will know whether they will like the podcast. Well, Doc Smith, that's fair enough. Let's give this a spin. So one of the fun parts of working in medicine is that you run into all sorts of people, people of all kinds. So before we get into the nitty gritty, I want to talk to you about a delightful patient we recently had in the ER. So the patient was brought in by an ambulance and uh, the EMT said he was found face down in the grass Ooh. with what looked like uh, crack cocaine balls in his mouth. Eesh. And they uh, refer to that as chalk. Uh, which I guess that's the street name for it. That's this is not the kind of chalk you're you're drawn on the ground with, is it, Doctor London? No, uh, no. So so he had that. He also had a uh, pubic hair on his hands. Ooh, um, this isn't the kind of pubic hair that you're drawn on the ground with, is it, Doctor London? Uh, so so we asked him his name when he got to the ER, and he tried to talk with his with his mouth closed, like. Uh, and when a nurse reminded him that he could talk with his mouth open, he opened wide to talk, like at a dentist. Like, Rah! you know, still not intelligible. So then he walked outside the room, and he asked for the bathroom. And instead of going towards the restroom, he actually uh, went towards the uh, the door, the automatic doors to the ambulance, which uh, the ambulance was actually running. So he tried, ran out there and tried to steal an ambulance, uh, but he was stopped short, and he would later go on to... I believe the term is uh, to defest himself in the hospital, which solves that mystery of how he got that pubic hair on his hands. Could you, just as a doctor, describe what that is? I'm a little lost. Yeah. Um. So, w- sorry. W- w- what? 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 Which part is? Uh, ambulance. Yeah. No. Um. An ambulance is. So you're sometimes. You, let's say you're in your home. Okay. Something happens that, like, say you, you cut your your hand while you're cooking or something. Well, I don't have any utensils. Um, okay. Let's say you cut your hand somehow, like, on, like, let's say you somehow get a deep cut. Oh, the spring in my mattress. Okay. Yes. It's sticking out. Yeah. So, let's say you, you roll onto that and it, it cuts in deep enough that you're a little bit worried. Uh-huh. So, you... You pick up your phone, and you call 911. That's the responsible thing to do if you're ever uh, in, think that you're in some sort of medical emergency. So you call 911, and the 911 operator will uh, ask you a few questions, and um, generally you can call an ambulance. And so an ambulance in that situation, and I guess in all situations, is uh, a car that's specially modified, uh, sometimes sort of a van sort of uh, type of car, and they will uh, drive to your house, and they'll pick you up and actually take you to a medical facility uh, for treatment of, say, a spring in your mattress that is loose. Does yeah. that make sense? It's just like my mom, th- my mom and dad's car. Uh, do they drive an ambulance? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. This is the first time I'm hearing about it, but it sounds just like my mom and dad's car. It just takes you to the hospital. Right. So, yeah. So, so it's, kind of, it's kind of like that. In the sense that it's it is a car that drives, just in addition to whatever features your mom and dad's car has, this one would have medical supplies and uh, potentially life saving treatment options on the way. So, great, yeah. All right, thank you for chiming in, Cameron. Uh, that I- does actually remind me of our first sponsor. I want to bring up it's Moober. 
It's medical Uber. Do not call an ambulance when you are in danger. Call Uber. Open up the app. It'll take you 30 to 35 minutes to get someone to swing by. They will have a bottle of water for you. All the things you're typically going to find in an Uber, but it's a medical Uber. Back to you. Okay. And the, Do not call an ambulance. Go back. Right. Uber. Th- th- right. Thank you, Cameron. Um, so actually, I do want to clarify on that last sponsor. Uh, well, and we do love our sponsors here, but we actually do want to use, uh, you're going to want to call 911 in an emergency rather than calling uh, any other service just because the ones who can provide the critical care you may need in a situation and who can also coordinate quickly with the hospital, say, let the doctors know that they're on the way. Uh, that's all pretty critical depending on the situation. So I, so we do appreciate our sponsors, but um, I would actually highly recommend that you uh, you use 911 emergency to uh, whenever you have an emergency. There is a taste of the Jock Doc podcast. If you'd like to hear more, we have a link up on the blog from this episode on our home site at SuccotashShow.com or just look for the Jock Doc podcast at any of your favorite podcast distribution loci. Let's start out this review of Movie Review Soundcasts with a snippet from pretty much the granddaddy of the genre, How Did This Get Made? Hosted by Paul Shear, June Diane Raphael, and Jason Mansukas, who put some of Filmdom's most unwatchable direct through the spanking machine. But they do it with love, because they know that no one ever sets out to make a bad movie. It just sort of happens. My featured clip is from an episode from about a month ago in September in which they ripped apart the Velocipaster. <laughs> the synopsis for that movie on IMDb reads, quote, After losing his parents, a priest travels to China, where he inherits a mysterious ability that allows him to turn into a dinosaur. At first horrified by this new power, a hooker convinces him to use it to fight crime. And ninjas. Unquote. All right, let's throw it over to Paul, June, and Jason. June asked me a question last night, and I said, save it, because I didn't know how to answer it. June, do you remember the question that you asked? I do not. You said, how did he become a dinosaur? And I said, oh, well, he went to China. And you said, no, no, that was a dream. And then I was like, wait, it was a dream. So now... I'm no, really he went didn't he went to China because the old priest says from your travels does oh, yes, he okay. does. But then but that those travels only happened in his dream. He never actually went somewhere. Oh, I think he did. But no, because then he woke up and he was in his bed staring at Father Stewart. Right. Or so like in my Wasn't mind that after a trip did, because Father Stewart's like. So your parents died, Doug. It's what parents do. They die on you. And then he's like, why don't you go out and see the world? And then it cuts to China. And then the, the, the lady in all white who's been shot with the arrow hands him some sort of talisman, which, turn, which cuts him, and he turns into the Velocipastor. But it didn't seem like he turned into the Velocipastor until that dream? I mean... By the way, well, Father Stewart. Question. What is he waking up from then? I think a nightmare. From, I think he's waking up. <laughs> I think wow. 
Yeah, I think he's waking up from being the Velociraptor. I think it's this is like Wait, a you Dr. Already Jekyll think, and Mr. Hyde. You already think that he was out that, that night as the Velocipastor? Yes. You didn't realize it? Oh, wow. I think he's, yeah, that's what I think, oh, yes. Oh, I thought the first time I he turned into like it. I think this is like an Incredible Hulk scenario. I thought the first time he turned into it was in the park. Me too. In China. No, or no. in with, Central um, Park with yeah with Monster Carol Joe or whatever that guy was. Oh yeah, I'm sorry with Carol and the the first rapist Frankie Mermaid. Oh yeah, no, oh, oh no. no, 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 right. not Frankie one. Mermaid. Right. Um, Do, doesn't he turn into the Velocipaster in China though when he cut when the thing cuts his hand? No, I just no. I might think be wrong. he screams. Okay, and then he wakes up from the dream. Like so, he I cuts see. his hand and he screams. Um, but. I guess the idea is that bone can turn you. I mean, and this is kind of the fun of this movie because I do believe two things can be true that they are winking at the audience, but then they also aren't fully able to wink. So it would be like someone who can't wink, who is trying to wink. And that's maybe the secret sauce of this movie because it's yeah, not that's, fully. That's me, by the way. I can't wink. <laughs> Can any like I think that's I think if I try to wink I would get both eyes and this is why I don't again go to bars <laughs> I do it online for research for yeah. research because you can just press the wink emoji the exactly. other thing I might I also do is I just write the word wink on little pieces of paper <laughs> and I you know like I just hand deliver them yeah that's actually bars. the best way to do it. Um, but all right, so I loved don't... when he wakes up from the dream and he's all disoriented and he's back in the place and the old priest comes in and he says, feed a fever, starve a cold, <laughs> which I was like, what is this in regards to? And then then the priest gives him an awkward hug and then they ADR a smoochy kiss sound. I was like, oh, I didn't hear what? that. Yeah. What is this? What's what is this about? What, but this you is see, weird. that to me feels like the joke on the joke on the joke, yes. like like. Father Stewart, I want to give props to this actor because I think that whatever he's doing, he's nailing it always. I, actually, the whole cast, I think, is actually I doing... i got to give props a, to the whole cast. Yeah, the it's whole cast is doing Carol. a great job. There's an ear glimpse of how did this get made. Great stuff. They have a full episode every week, and they also toss you a mini episode in between. So check it all out at Earwolf.com, which is their home, or wherever else you dig that funky talky talk. Our second clip of the review theme comes from Dad's Movie Night, and their scanty description goes like this. Two dads watching movies from our youth and trying to figure out if they hold up, should they be rebooted, and should we force our kids to eventually watch them. Now, the dads are Pete and Brian. That's all I can find out about them. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot of digging, but I found no last names, no Twitter accounts, and in their 119th outing, they dive into one of my old faves, Tremors, starring Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon. And this is a movie they actually like, by the way. So there's that exception to the bad movies only rule that most shows abide by. Okay, let, let's, let's start at the top. Not only does this movie hold up for me, um, it, is, it is underappreciated. I know it's, it's like... But it's been, you know... 30 years 30 years so yeah like it's no like this has been under the radar like nobody has con like they've made sequels yes they've, four five twenty so something i remember seeing the second one i didn't see the second one and I think 
They, the problem is, and this will not step on the toes of question two, because they decided in the sequel that they were going to make that the giant worm things were only stage one, and that when it had enough to eat, it would give birth to three, like, mouser from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle creatures. These oh, two-legged... That's, that's terrible. Sonar scanning... So did they try to go horror, or did it stay this this camp? It stayed this in the type? camp, okay. but it just... And I remember liking the sequel, but again, I think the problem is is that they realized this movie worked perfectly in its own little bubble, and outside of that, it doesn't work. This movie works because of the ensemble. Yeah. Like, everyone was acting at 110%. Melvin was acting at 110%. 26% America's Dad uh, Gross um, Bert Gummer Bert Gummer uh, he was <laughs> awesome just all the firepower all the firepower so what sets um, set the premise there's Kevin Bacon and um, the Earl 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 is awesome can we just take yeah, a moment their, and appreciate their Earl. dialogue I mean they spend the first 20 minutes of the movie, just the two of them going back and forth about how they're doing dead-end shit jobs, literally, and then they need to get out of this this town of um, perfection, and just when they're about to leave, they've finally done it, packed up their truck, everything goes to shit with these weird, like, worm monsters. I uh, Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, you know, it's kind of bold when you make your movie poster a Jaws ripoff. It looks... 100%. But these guys were doing Spielberg before J.J. Abrams was doing Spielberg. I mean... Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the Velociraptor scene in the kitchen, but it lasted for 90 minutes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, very tense. And every time, like, they... You're like, okay, we got this down, they got a rhythm, things would get changed up, or something would happen, and they'd have to, like, you know, make quick decisions, so there was a lot of tension. And it was a buddy cop movie. Yeah. Um, down on their luck, Handyman... Valentine and Earl, uh, their dynamic was <laughs> so you got to set the premise. Like it's a tiny little uh, perfection. Nevada has fourteen people currently in it, and Valentine and Earl have been trying to get out for ever, right? Yeah, this is an end of the road town. These are all <laughs> end of the road people, yep. and this monster shows up, and I and. You know, that's kind of the B-movie part where they don't show any more of the monster than they have to. They right. don't explain any more about it than they have to. Yep. And it works. Oh, the practical effects were so cool. Because, <laughs> I mean, because you, you mentioned that, like, you they're, they're just showing everything happening underground, but stuff's getting knocked over, something's pulled out, but it's all practical. And then they had puppets and animatronics to do the Graboids. Yeah, and they were cutting back and forth from one to the other, and it was it was seamless. It was great. I just love the scene chewing. There's a smidge of Dad's Movie Night. Check out more wherever you stream and or download soundcasts. We've got a couple of more movie review soundcast clips coming your way, but first we're going to hear from our delightful, freewheeling, freeloading fake sponsors. Ghosts and goblins, Frodo and Spider-Man, and lots and lots of slutty nurses all wandering the streets can only mean one thing. No, not Fleet Week. It's Halloween. This special time every year, Henderson's restocks the shelves and interwebs with our deathly Halloween. 
More than just a pair of pants and yet not quite a full-blown costume, Henderson's Deathly Hallower is meant to be worn under your disguise to make sure your Halloween stays safe, sane, and filled with treats. The wizards at Henderson's Tailoring Factory start with a thin yet comfy layer of 100% cotton lining. Stitched to that is a second layer. This one made from 70 mil thick military grade Kevlar. Finally, your deathly hallower is coated with waterproof matte black acrylic. Strong enough to keep you safe in the darkest night, whether it's hailing hail or bullets. Henderson's Deathly Hallower is also light enough to assure that you can keep tricking and treating until the cows come home. Moms and dads, Henderson's wants to remind you that not even our Deathly Hallower can guarantee complete protection from the low lives and scumbags that are waiting to prey on your precious children. It can't detect razor blades and apples or roofies and rollos. So when you steal your kids' candy while they sleep, be extra careful and take a good look at what you're biting into before it bites into you. Henderson's Deathly Hallower was originally designed for Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, and Michael Myers. Not the unstoppable killing machine from the Halloween movie franchise, but that unstoppable mugging machine from Wayne's World. That's Henderson's. Fine trousers and costumery since 1549. And now back to Suckatash. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. This episode of Suckatash is sponsored in part by TrumpPoetry.com, a chronological ode to a fake muse. Enjoy a rhyming spin on the news of the day every day, as well as over 500 archived daily verses thoroughly covering the White House, America, and the world with a sticky caramel coating that's impossible to remove. That's TRUMPoetry.com. Everything you need to know in rhyming couplets. TrumpPoetry.com. First of all, nice on-brand title for a soundcast that takes a look at crappy movies, The Flophouse. It features a triumvirate of hosts, Elliot Callan, Dan McCoy, and Stuart Wellington. And they are, you know what, let me let their home site blurb lay it out. They are friends who decided to express their friendship not by doing productive or enjoyable things, but instead by watching critical or commercial flops and then discussing those terrible movies for you to enjoy in your ear holes. Although, honestly... Most of the time, they just talk about random bullshit. My featured snippet is from their recent Epi 323, where they forced themselves to watch Deadly Lessons. Here's some of what they learned. This movie is somewhat about the existence of God, but not really. Let's get into it, shall we? And I'll mention that uh, my notes for this movie are very long, so I've condensed them. They're not quite as short as I'd like them to be normally, but there's... A lot that happens in this movie, and I'm not going to go into. So if there's any details that you guys uh, – that I'm skipping over, feel free to stop me and introduce them because I now, cannot go into every detail. I do have one question, Elliot. Is that, did you take notes on the Tubi commercials that you watched because Tubi is the only place you can find this movie? <laughs> I streaming. did not. This is already a long movie. It is over two and a quarter hours long, and yet yeah. Tubi is the only place you can watch it online, and they put commercials in frequently. So it was and like, I, oh, boy. <laughs> so I, I had to set up a Tubi account in order to watch this movie, and no, this is no slam against Tubi. I kind of want to leave my profile having only watched this movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
It does. I, Stuart, you can leave it after you find out <laughs> what movies Tubi suggests to you now after oh, having no. watched only this movie. Okay, yeah. That's what I'm well, curious it immediately, about. Well, it immediately went from – on mine, it was just about to start playing Alex Cross before I shut down the oh, website angrily cool. mine, because uh, I did not need to see Alex Cross corners. again. So what? I don't know what that's five corners. I don't know why What's they that? chose that. I don't know. It started oh, with the, it's the sequel to uh, four yesterday corners. on the soundtrack by the Beatles. So uh-huh. and it just about Beatles it was, money, I it guess. was firing up and Audrey's like, stop it, Dan, stop it, Dan. And then the two of you were both typing on the computer at the same time to try and stop the feed and it wouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. And then Elliot then, came over and unplugged it. And you're like, Elliot. Then he nodded his head. Gavel sound. Everybody laughs. <laughs> yep. I, Stuart, old, you'll old be person no, wins again. <laughs> we're taping this the day after Rosh Hashanah, and at last night's Rosh Hashanah dinner, I described to my in-laws that very scene. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, it's Blue Sky Productions. Oh no, Crystal Sky. Sorry, Crystal Sky mm-hmm. Productions comes up in uh, Comic Sans. In Comic Sans, the logo is the the is the cheapest looking logo you can get, <laughs> and uh, we start hearing some voiceover by a guy who says that his mom says his mind is messed up messed up and for help she's going to go to one simon conjurer who's kind of a long-haired guy who it's pronounced conjurer and Mm -hmm. he has kind of a new york accent the rural conjurer like i said he reminds (laughs) me of howard stern crossed with neil gaiman but he's steeped in existential whimsy as we'll learn and we're introduced him as he is teaching a classroom of children not to fear flying by literally talking them into having the magical ability to fly around the classroom like they're little mm-hmm. miniature airplanes. Mm-hmm. And the music that is playing tells us we're in real Wonder Emporium territory. This is supposed yeah. to be magical and amazing. You know. Yeah, it's it's the kind of score that Charles Band dreams of filling <laughs> his castle halls. Well, it's also one of these uh, movie uh, uh, It is a, a movie, class. yes. <laughs> one of these movie classes where you're like, wait, what is being taught here? Because it starts off like... Not yeah, to be like, frightened oh, of flying on airplanes. Need to be frightened of flying, but then like he has a globe that he takes out that turns into a a, a bird. Oh, yeah. And he's like, okay, we got to take care of the earth. And I'm like... and. And then he's asking the kids, oh, what did we learn here today? And I'm like, yeah, what did we learn here today? Is this what my tax dollars are going to? It's, <laughs> so it's ne- conjurer. And later, it's it, the thing is also that later there's some trouble but, that, about whether the dean of his school is going to throw him out, I guess. And it's not clear if the – is that the dean of this elementary school? Because usually they're called <laughs> principals. Like you don't yeah. usually have deans for elementary schools. And <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just very uh, – I guess for like a private school, maybe this is a fancy private school. And it's one of those private mm-hmm. schools where it costs a lot of money and celebrities send their kids there, but they don't actually teach them very yeah. much. You know? Yeah, uh, I mean, this is a dean that later a wizard. on – not not to jump too far ahead, but this is a dean who later on has the ability to command the police to arrest someone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's part of being a dean. So uh, Simon, he has a reputation for curing the seemingly incurable. And the mom, Betsy, she says, oh, there was a man in my neighborhood who called himself Mr. Evil. He was, mm-hmm. a, he was a violent homeless man. But now that you talk to him, he just runs around distributing candy to people, to strangers, which I would say is it's another form of violence. If I was yeah. <laughs> walking down the street, I do not want a stranger shoving candy into my hands, especially if he still calls himself Mr. Evil. But she has a son <laughs> named who calls himself Rebel, who hates everything. And, th- and mm-hmm. this is the beginning of the movie is... Uh... Apparently he doesn't hate on-the-nose nicknames. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, this is the beginning of the movie's, the movie's lack of sense... Thank you. This is the beginning of the movie's <laughs> lack of sensitivity about uh, emotional issues and that we're told that he tried to uh, jump off a building but was saved by landing in a mattress truck. Uh, so we're living in a cartoon world for sure. You can hear the rest of that episode of Flophouse or literally several hundred others from their home site, flophousepodcast.com, or go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you grab your casts from. 
Our final clip hails from the soundcast, Who Shot Ya? A maximum fun show featuring not just a bunch of straight white dudes, as their website says. Instead, we are whisked through movie reviews by comedian Ify Wadiwe, film producer Drea Clark, and film critic Alonzo Duralde. We clipped a recent episode where they tucked into Bill and Ted Face the Music. Although this segment is more about them flashing back on the two preceding Bill and Ted films. I watched these when they came out. Like, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was my bridge to puberty. And I <laughs> set my puberty sights on Keanu Reeves. And I have been unwavering ever Good place since. to set those sights. He's a handsome I man. Got, I got lucky with that one, yeah. yeah. But the, right. um, so I watched them pretty, you know, sort of like middle school um, and then high school for Bogus Journey. And... Mm. I remember super enjoying them, watched the first one I've seen so many times, but haven't seen for years. Yeah. And I do remember one of the things I liked about them then and that I enjoyed about this iteration was these were like literally led by bros. It's bro movies, <laughs> 101. Yeah. And yet there's nothing lascivious about them. Mm -hmm. They're not like trying to use the time machine to sneak into girls' locker rooms. You know, yeah, there's, there's nothing no like panty yeah. raids. Porky's yeah, yeah, Revenge yeah. of the Nerd sort of ickiness. Like They're holy these, fools. Yeah, these doofuses are just sweet dum-dums. And you guys, mm -hmm. I love a sweet dum dum. I mean, no, no, like even in the second one, their their wives are waiting to marriage to sleep together, and they just like they're like, oh man, maybe we'll have sex when we get married. Yeah, they're <laughs> totes chast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, That's I, a t -shirt. I, yeah, I, I, I don't remember. I only remember flashes of these movies because I saw them when I was so young. Like I remember, like I remember the telephone booth. I remember like them going to hell and like i remember thinking it was very funny that hell was like kind of chill like i remember jeff <laughs> being like a pretty fun guy and like yeah there's like the weird that weird like two twin things that like god sends to hang out with them and they smash into each other outside of the station yeah i remember being i remember the movie being like so so like deeply alienating as a kid like not understanding what was going on but still enjoying it and like off your point of it being fun and nice like what I love so much about Face the Music is that, yeah, like, everyone is nice. No one's being an asshole to one another. Like, Bill and Ted genuinely love each other and their friends. And, like, even yeah. their future selves are, like, they're, like, cartoonishly villainous. But, like, they're not, like, out to, like, destroy the world. And, like, even, like, I mean, we'll get to it later on. But, like, that robot was my favorite character in the entire movie. Like, mm. I love oh. how sad he was oh. about, like, having it's, to kill people. <laughs> like, that, it's that is that is a friend of the pod and me, uh, Anthony Kerrigan, a.k.a. NoHo Hank. I no, because we uh a while ago um uh he we we had lunch and he originally auditioned for death and so uh. he because they were they were still working that out and then eventually when they got the original death to sign on which by William the way watching, Sadler yeah yeah <laughs> When, uh, watching the early ones, I was like, oh, I could see why Anthony would be so good as death yeah. watching like his NoHo Hank style. I was like, oh, but then like as the robot, oh my God, it was like, it was so, <laughs> so like when he just... <laughs> towards the end when he gets so uh, like self-conscious that's, oh. that's the kind of thing it entirely hinges on his performance if you looked at just the script if we did a read of that 
99% of even comedic actors taking yeah. a pass at Dennis Caleb McCoy could not make that funny. Literally, yeah. some of his funniest lines are just him saying his name. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's my impressive. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. His, his sense of timing is is exquisite. Um, okay, yeah. so I'm I'm the old fart of the group. Uh, I, these movies came out after I graduated from college. Uh, so I saw the first one. I was kind of like, okay whatever and then i really liked the second one i thought i i loved the absurdism of it i thought Mm -hmm. william sadler was brilliant uh i i to this day you can always make me laugh by citing a charades game that ends in smokey and the bandit three smokey (laughs) is the bandit um but you know like i i never rewatched them i didn't even rewatch them to get ready for this but like i you know i they weren't they didn't you know mean a whole lot to my life and so this movie for me was kind of like it reminded me of when I was a kid in the 70s and they started realizing that you could get big TV ratings by doing these TV movies where you would reunite the cast of old sitcoms, you know, like Still <laughs> the Beaver, you know, yeah. or Father yeah. Still Knows Best, whatever. And those movies were super innocuous, but it was like, it was cute. It was nice. Like, oh, look at them all grown up. Look at them. Oh, yeah, you know, that's so nice. Like, and that's pretty much the vibe I got from this one. I didn't laugh a lot. I laughed some. And it was just mostly nice. It was nice to see everybody, you know. That's your helping of Who Shot You. Find it over in the Maximum Fun stable of fine soundcasts or wherever else you dig your shows. And that's all the Succotash show I have for you right now. I hope I was able to offer you a little respite from the great weirdness we're currently all enduring. And hopefully I turned you on to one or more new soundcasts you'll go enjoy all on your own. You can follow us at Succotash Show on Twitter and Instagram. We've got a Facebook page. You can also feel free to rate and or review us at both Apple and Google Podcasts. And you can email either me or Tyson with either of our first names at SuccotashShow.com. Don't forget to check out Tyson Saner's upcoming Epi 224. And if you're looking for a show to recommend to friends or family that's kind of a Whitman sampler of comedy soundcast goodness, please remember... To pass the Succotash. You've been listening to Succotash Shut In, the Soundcast Stimulus Package, with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants, TrumpPoetry.com, and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on iHeartRadio, on YouTube, on SoundCloud, on the <laughs> laughable app, and tattooed on your mother's rear end. You can hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Succotash Show. Email us at marc at succotashshow.com. Or call into the Succotash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcast directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash you slash Succotash. Production of Succotash is overseen by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is still Kenny Durgis. And until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please wash your hands and pass the Succotash. Goodbye.
This has been a Succotash Patch production.